Welcome back. Uh, state lawmakers, UIA officials, and good old American taxpayers are still wondering how imposters, posers, ripoff artists could steal $8.5 billion in unemployment benefit payments. How the heck did they do that? Well, a new case kind of gives us a window into how it was pulled off. A fascinating case The WJR senior news analyst Chris Renwick brings us along with another interesting story. Uh, good afternoon, Guy. Authorities say a pair of Detroit men and a woman from Warren helped build a scheme to file for millions of dollars in bogus COVID-19 unemployment insurance benefits. Court records show 33-year-old Chaz Shields and 25-year-old Deshaun Posey and 25-year-old Brittany Witherspoon in conjunction with Another man, 33-year-old Courtney Shields, a former Michigan resident who's now serving time in prison, built the scheme from May of 2020 to July of 2021 when authorities say they filed for more than 240 fraudulent unemployment insurance claims in more than 20 states and territories worth more than $2.2 million in COVID unemployment benefits. Court records show Courtney Shields received nearly $21,000 as well from the Paycheck Protection Program that he was not entitled to. Shields orchestrated the scheme from the Federal Correction Complex in Allenwood, Pennsylvania, where he's serving time for fraud in an unrelated case. The plan was to take a piece of that $2.2 million and put it into his commissary. Courtney Shields has pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and agreed to forfeit nearly $27,000 from his commissary account. Now, Posey, Chaz Shields, and Witherspoon also have been charged for their role in that scheme. Meanwhile, Guy, an interesting case even closer to home. Police continuing their efforts as part of what they're calling Operation Candyman, which aims to stop the illegal selling and improper prescribing of opioids in Michigan. Michigan State Police officials say they've detained three women, two men, as part of that initiative in Wayne, Oakland, and Genesee counties. Police say they're targeting the illegal prescribing of hydrocodone and oxycodone, uh, which are being illegally diverted to the streets for street sales. The latest batch of alleged dealers include a 67-year-old West Bloomfield man, a 41-year-old Grand Blank woman, a 47-year-old Van Buren Township woman, a 30-year-old Detroit man, and a 53-year-old Taylor woman, although they have yet to be charged. Police say Operation Candyman is targeting and the, the ability for nurses who are illegally selling thousands of opioids. Officials say some nurse practitioners have been issuing illegal prescriptions for tens of thousands of these controlled pills. Uh, Michigan State Police tweeted out recently, illegal clinics like this one are leading contributors to overdose deaths and people becoming addicted to opiates, and we will continue to aggressively investigate them. Guy? So disappointing about this story is, is you've got people that have supposedly committed their lives to saving lives in hospitals and medical facilities, right? And they're engaged in a pursuit that according to the study that was released today, we've, we're averaging now 107,000 Americans dying a year, a mm-hmm. record from opioid abuse. Uh, so this is not a victimless crime. We've got 107,000 victims here. And this has been a an issue specifically here in southeast Michigan for years now, yeah. going on years, certainly pre-pandemic. This has been an issue that, that we're tackling here locally, Michigan State Police on the case, and nationally, you mentioned those numbers. They're astronomical. Yeah, and, and this is at a time when we have been putting – 
um, restrictions in place about how many pills you can get when you go to the pharmacy for those that have a prescription and really need it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are paying dearly for this through inconvenience and not being able to get legitimately needed meds because of this. And yet we still can't seem to put a dent in it. You can't put it. I mean, look, the, the problem is, is these drugs can be incredibly addictive. But what we're seeing almost across the board is doctors are, are really hesitant yeah. to prescribe these types of medications. There are alternatives that and, and you're now you're dealing with, you know, drug reps and drug sales and trying to push certain drugs out the door, which has been a huge issue. Right. And it's one of those things where doctors are hesitant to prescribe certain things. But in this case. And nurses are, are writing them, uh, you know, left and right. But we no longer have the drug companies at least testifying before Congress that Correct. this is harmless. Correct. And it's not un- th- these drugs are not addictive. I mean, we're all aware. We're all on guard. And yet, because of fentanyl and, and other things, uh, the, the, the toll of this continues to climb. Now, back to our federal felon. Yeah. Who filed for how many claims? Uh, two, two million dollars worth? 240 fraudulent claims spread across 20 states worth worth. million. What's stunning about this, at least insofar as it relates to Michigan, that he was able to do this up until July of 2021. By then, everybody's antennae were up. Everybody knew that they were doing this. And yet we were still accepting these fraudulent claims. What the heck? You know, my favorite part of this story is is the fact that not only that they were able to 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 run this scheme that the way they did, you know, you got the head, the, the kingpin is in prison for. Uh, fraud, right? And then you've got the 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 other three that are out uh, able to hit the computer and file for all these claims across the country. But he was able to 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 reel in twenty one thousand dollars from the Paycheck Protection Program, right? Which was aimed to help businesses. Well, he was jobless. And after it's, I, after it's all, true, it's true. <laughs> He's unable to work, and his and his opportunities were quite limited. That's true. But the, also true. The other part of this story, job market very small in prison. He was going to put that twenty thousand dollars into his prison commissary yeah. account. Yeah, is Wolfgang Puck running the commissary? <laughs> what what kind of gourmet stuff are they selling there? Courtney Shields' truffle game is strong in prison. <laughs> Good heavens! If you didn't laugh about it, you'd want to just hit yourself on the head with a blunt and, object. To me, this is this is one of those situations, guy, where I feel like Netflix is going to come out with a documentary about this fraud because this is so extensive where where now you you've got you know somebody running this thing from prison and it was that easy right. for them to 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 gain access to millions of dollars well that takes me back to you know the the, the NBC exposé where they totally. found that thousands of unemployment claims came from one address are you telling me that there's not a 12 year old somewhere that could write some software that would yeah. pick up on that yeah and yet and yet, there you have it. And I think of all of the anti-fraud software that we put in place here that netted 40,000 individuals who had done nothing wrong, mm-hmm. and yet it didn't catch these guys who were processing uh, through, through prisons and otherwise. You know, what's funny is looking back on all of this through the pandemic, uh, criminals didn't stop being criminals. No. They just changed the way in which they committed crimes. No. And they, they are very, very adept. We should have been... Uh, quicker too but a lot of those people honestly they were at home because of lockdowns uh, which probably were as we know overcooked uh chris thanks so much two stunning stories there to chew on